The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Well, hello, everyone. I want to tell you about this product that I love. It's called BarkBox, and I've talked about it the last couple episodes. I basically stalked them to try and get them to be a sponsor or an affiliate to my podcast because I've talked numerous times about my maniac dog, Ruthie, a.k.a. RBG. Um, I think I said in the last episode that she ate two giant chocolate Easter bunnies and I thought she was going to die and had to, I mean, this is just like typical of Ruthie. She's not good. She, she, she needs help. She needs help. I love this dog to pieces. I started, uh, using a product. It's a monthly delivery service called BarkBox and they send organic treats and toys. And because Ruthie is a Labrador and my other Labrador, Rosie is a saint, they both can trade off their treats and play with them. And they love, um, they love the toys that they get every month. So if you use, go to uh, barkbox.com forward slash judging Megan, you can Sign up for a subscription and you can either get a six month or a year subscription and then you get a month free if you use my code at the end of your six to one year subscription. Does that make sense? I'm really not plugging them in a great way today, but I love BarkBox and I hope you do too. Okay, everyone, I am starting the show today. Um, I need to tell you, I am so excited for my trip. I'm about to go to Charleston, South Carolina um, to see my family. My youngest cousin is getting married. And I don't know about you, and I might bring my guest in right now to ask her about this, but every time that I am with my family, I'm so excited to see them. We are a skosh dysfunctional. 
Um, love them, love them, uh, especially on the plane right there. Can't wait. Love them. Two days in, like I can't drink enough Chardonnay and I need to come back home. But I always revert back to my place in like where I stand in like growing up, right? So I have two older sisters and a younger brother. And I revert back to like 13-year-old Megan. And I don't know. I'm going to ask Marsha. Marsha, do you, are you from a big family? Do you, Can you relate to what I'm saying right now? I don't know why, but I'm, I turn into like 13-year-old nightmare Megan. There's always some kind of screaming fight. I don't know. You tell me. Does that happen to you too? Um, not really. So there were only three of us in our family. So, okay. So you're, way, was, you're, you're way more functional and like you're, you're doing the right thing in your family because I am so immature. My brother has teased me from like the moment we, I came out, like from the time he came out, he's three years younger. And when we were kids, he would always tease me and call me Andre the Giant. It was a wrestler. So when I would walk, he would go boom, baba, boom, baba, boom, baba. Like he's teased me forever and he still can get on my last nerve. And it's just the most irritating thing ever. But I must tell you, I cannot wait to see all my aunts and uncles. I love Charleston. Shout out Charleston, South Carolina, my favorite city in the whole country. And um, I'm excited for you to meet my guest today, Marsha Moran. She is a stroke survivor, an author, a speaker, and a coach. And I also told her all around cool lady is how I was going to introduce her. So welcome, Marsha. <laughs> welcome. Thank you, Megan. I love your, your, is that a real wall behind you? No. Oh, it's it's a set. Okay. But, By the way, yeah. everyone. But, oh, that's so cool. I need something like that. Um, I am now going to be sending these episodes to YouTube. So if you're if you're not like uh, if you're not already annoyed enough by my speaking voice, you can hear it again and see me with no makeup on today and my hair in a ponytail. And Marsha looks beautiful, but I don't on YouTube. So check it out, um, Marsha. I have been in contact with you for I feel like over a year. Is that accurate? Long time. Yes. Yeah. And we've been Long trying time. to figure out dates. And I have wanted to do an episode about strokes for a while because I think it's, I don't know a whole lot about it. And you sent me your book. Your book is called Stroke Forward. And I am looking forward. I shouldn't even say that. I, I am looking forward to learning about like what a stroke is. I, I know a little bit about it, but I know my audience, it's something that you obviously have knowledge of because you're a survivor. But I want to start out with like your early life. Where are you from? Huh. That's an interesting question. My dad is from North Dakota. My mom is from Washington. So I'm from both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back, and are back you, and forth. Are you still like where are you living these days? Virginia. Oh, I knew I liked you. You know I'm from DC originally, so I like I like I like my neighboring state, Virginia. Yeah. Um it's a beautiful state. What part of Virginia? Centerville. So we're just 10 miles oh, south. Oh, you're outside of DC. My sister used to live in Centerville near the airport. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so tell me about your life growing up. Happy? Oh, yeah. I was a happy kid. Um, a lonely child because living on the farm, there wasn't anybody else, anyone else around us. And then we went to Seattle and I went to school out there. And it was, I was still kind of lonely because I was different from everybody else. Yeah. Growing up on a farm, it was probably isolating, but do you, I, let me ask you, do you love that you grew up on a farm? Do you love animals? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's like my dream. I love animals. I really do. Not yeah. all animals, but m- like most. Like I think I wouldn't want to have to do the chores of growing up on a farm, but it just sounds on paper and in my head and in like my dreams. I, I would like, I picture myself in Yellowstone, the TV show, but like, I'm not beat up like Beth or it's not messed up like that, but I picture myself living in, in the show Yellowstone. Um, at, so tell me where, so you had a life of like happy childhood growing up on a farm, yeah. um, settled in Virginia. Are you married? Do you have children? Yes. I have a husband of 34 years and no children, but I have two cats and a bird. Okay. Well, those are your, your pet children. Um, and 34 years is a long time. So congratulations. Um, tell me, let's talk about, um, your, why you came on today, which is, um, a little bit about like having a stroke, like what the signs are. Um, I would, I really have guests come on a lot of times just to educate. And I think that there's so much like lack of information on this that I would love for you to kind of talk about it. Okay. So I had my stroke eight years ago and I didn't know what was going on. And my husband didn't know what was going on. So you need to remember be fast So B is for balance, E is for eyes. So if you have something funky going on with your eyes and they're not working well, something, it might be a stroke. F is for face, Um, A is for arm or leg, S is for slurring speech, and T is for time. It's time to call 911. So if you have any of these that are going on, you're better off calling the hospital and getting in to see them or calling 911 and getting the paramedics out to see you because every minute a person has a stroke, there's 1.9 million cells that are dying. How did you know, like what, for you eight years ago, what were your symptoms? So I was laying in bed when I had my stroke. My husband had gone up and gone downstairs already. So when I woke up, I knew that I felt funny. So I said, I'm not going to get up. I'm just going to go back to sleep. But I better call uh, or um, text Rochelle to tell her that I wasn't going to meet her for breakfast. And I couldn't read the text. It was all jumbly. I thought, well, that's weird. So I put the phone down and I rolled over. And that's when I got my headache. And I'm going to say, for me, that was the most excruciating headache imaginable. Was it a was it a frontal lobe headache? Like just so my because my audience can't see where was the headache. So I remember it hurt right here in the front, front of, of your head. So it's the left hand. 
Um, uh-huh. Now, my stroke was just before my left ear. Okay. But it hurt at the front of my head. And so, like, what I don't understand, and this is just like I'm in kindergarten and know nothing about what a stroke is. I know I'm terrified of having one. I understand that they're very common. What caused your stroke? So I had a carotid artery dissection, and 1% to 2% of people have it, so it's very rare. And all that means is that my carotid artery tore apart. And it created a clot, mm-hmm. and the clot moved up to my brain. So is that the, the most common cause of strokes is carotid arteries? No. The most okay. common, yeah, so, so the most common stroke is ischemic, and that's when a blood clot uh, has, gets uh, in your brain and um, kind of clogs it up. The second, uh, and that was 87%. The second stroke is a hemorrhagic stroke, and that's when the brain bleeds. And that is 13%. Okay, and yours was like a rare, one of the most rare kind. Yeah. Okay. And were you like, did you know, had you gone to the doctor and known that you had this or had physicals or anything like that? So that's so important. Like for me, um, I get, I go to a doctor, I get like a yearly physical and, and high cholesterol runs in my family. My mom has high cholesterol. I, I don't think my sisters, I don't know if they do or not, but I do. And I'm borderline. So I kind of like change my diet to, to not eating meat. And I've done a lot of stuff. And then I tried intermittent fasting and like an idiot, I was drinking these things that you, so then it went back up again. So my question is there's, it's so common that people are not getting physicals and have no idea. Was your, was your artery issue caused by cholesterol? Was it a genetic issue? No, it was just a freak thing. It was just a freak accident. So, I had, uh, my cholesterol was in the normal range. I had okay. had issues with blood pressure, but it was down in the normal range. Uh-huh. I was working out every day. Um, I ran three or four times a week. I, there's no way anyone could know that I was going to have a stroke. And you were fairly young. I mean, if it was eight years ago, you were young. So yeah, would- you don't have to disclose your age. We're all 30. We're all 30 years old for the rest of our life. But I, the reason I'm asking this is because um, I don't I, I don't think that people understand what causes a stroke, like why the different reasons are. So you're you're not I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but you look down, you had blurred vision, put the phone down. You had I don't know, is Rochelle or Rochelle your um, cook or something? No, she's just a friend. A friend was coming over. Okay. And then what were the ne- what was the next thing that happened? So I went to sleep. And when I woke up the next time, my right side was paralyzed. And I knew that something was wrong. So I had to find help. And so I, <laughs> the only way to find help was to go find it. And that meant I had to get to the door and out the room. Um, so I fell onto the floor and dragged myself across the carpet to the door, which was closed. 
And then I had to reach up and uh, grab the handle. And I don't know how many times I reached up because it was just out of my grasp. <laughs> and I finally got it open. I took a long break because I was tired. And then I finally started down the hall and I ran out of gas when I was in the hall. Just none. Um, I don't know what it was, but something went crash. My husband came upstairs. He looked at me and said, Marsha, are you okay? And it's like, that's the time I realized I couldn't speak. Oh, like no. that thing. Yeah. So he called 911 and uh, the paramedics got there in five to 10 minutes. They were really fast. So is it, is, so is that, that's another um, sign. It's your right side of your body is, mm-hmm. or is correct? Is yeah. that one so, of the signs of a stroke is the right side or does it, it could it be either side? It, it can, it can be either side. So I had my stroke on my left side. So the right side was paralyzed. Okay. So if and I then had, you had lost the speech is enough. So then and when you say be fast, Over this period of time, how long were you having these symptoms? I don't know because it actually happened when I was asleep. Okay. And is that common? Is this, is this like usually when people have strokes, does it happen in their sleep? Can it happen anytime? It can happen anytime. Okay. So you got to the hospital quickly and then what, and then what happened from there? So I actually lost consciousness in the, in the ambulance. So I don't know how long I was at the hospital, but when I woke up, <laughs> I was dressed in a lovely hospital gown. Yeah. I had a needle in my arm and my husband was there. And I think I smiled because, you know, my husband was there. So I was thinking, okay, everything is going to be fine. But I still didn't know it was a stroke, really. And so what did they do? Like, how did they take care of you? And how long were you in the hospital? So I was in the hospital for five days. Wow. And um, there's really not much that they could do to take care of me. um, Other than um, I was on (laughs) a liquid diet. Um, And that was interesting. So I couldn't swallow because I'd been paralyzed that the you don't think about it, but mm-hmm. the entire side is paralyzed. So I couldn't swallow. So um, when I was drinking uh, fluid, I would drink, I'd turn my head to the left, then I would swallow, then I would face forward again. So the interesting thing for me is when I was at the hospital, the um, their kitchen sent up a chicken lunch and I'm going, Ooh, chicken. I can eat yeah. it. Yeah. And I did. And I choked because I'm not supposed to have anything that's not a liquid. Wow. So are you, so once you had all these symptoms, did they put you in after the five days, did they put you into physical therapy? Like, do you still have symptoms now? Um, post your eight years of being recovered from the stroke? Yeah. So um, they actually started therapy on me that first day I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, They took me for a walk around the nurse's station. Um, 
after the hospital, I went to a rehab hospital for two weeks. I went home for two weeks. I had rehab as an outpatient for six weeks. And I was <laughs> out of um, insurance at that point. Now, the interesting thing is when you are out of insurance, you're still not well. Mm -hmm. So I worked with a physical therapist for a year before I could physically walk normally. Now, I say that because people looking at me on the street can't tell that I had a stroke. Today. Today. Yeah. But, but I can tell. Um, so my right side is still funny. So the mm -hmm. right foot is cramping all the time. And the right um, hip and shoulder are still, and I'm saying I'm very little achy um, because when I had, uh, if you were scaling the, how much someone um, says on a scale of one to 10, how much does this hurt? <laughs> I can tell you what a 10 is now. <laughs> Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So it was, it was excruciating pain getting back to for, like, yeah, for years. Yeah. So when the um, pain hit, hurts, it doesn't hurt that much. Like it's so, so minimal. Now I can just ignore it. 
is your is your speech and everything else still back to normal or yeah so okay i had aphasia and aphasia is where you can't speak read or write no i could read but um i couldn't speak and so i had the words right here thinking about them but i couldn't get them out of my mouth and the National Aphasia Association says that if you have aphasia and you are not better in three months, you probably have it for life. Okay. I didn't like that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awful thinking about not being able to say what you really think for life. Now, you can't get better. Um. So I started looking for something, you know, something will get me better. I know it will. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't actually know, but three and a half years after my stroke, I found something. And I'll, it's this, it's an IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback device. Okay. So talk about what that is. It's it, it, my audience can't see it, but it's I-A-S-I-S. -S. Right. So okay. it's a mic microcurrent neurofeedback device. And so I'll tell you the first time I went into the doctor and he said, you should really look this up. And uh, he gave me the website and it's um, microcurrentnerfeedback.com. So I went home and I looked at it and I went, this is interesting. It treats all these things like anxiety and depression and all sorts of things. But the interesting thing is it says that it will treat 85% of traumatic brain injury survivors. Oh, wow. Okay. So I thought, I know it's not a traumatic brain injury, but I'm going to try it. So mm -hmm. I went in, said, okay, set me up. And he set me up. Okay. So first of all, the pace he used to connect the electrodes to my head felt like cat spit. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> like it hurt or? It's wet. It's gummy. Oh. It's sticky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he put them on my head, turned the machine on, and I felt nothing. I went, okay. Yeah. Um, is he kidding me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I went home. That day I could speak a little bit better. That's crazy. Yeah. So essentially what it does is it uses um, like one one hundredth of a double A battery. So it's very small energy that pulses into your brain and it disrupts your brain waves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good thing because I had PS post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Right. And so my brain waves got uh, like, it's like, oh, what is this? It's it's something new. And they went out of uh, whack, and then they went back into whack. I'm describing it wrong, but um, essentially what it does is it rewires your brain back to its normal function. Which I've heard of this before for... Um because my diagnosis is complex PTSD stemming from my childhood. It's a little bit different, but I have heard of uh, microcurrent or whatever <laughs> the feedback 
can it's being used with people with PTSD, complex PTSD and depression. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what science and what these things can do to help us, right? Isn't it right. just crazy how how what the brain is capable of? Let me ask you just to go backwards a little bit. I so to know in in your brain that you can't say a word, but you want to say a word and you're trapped in this space in your head and you know there's something wrong or you're, you know you couldn't see the phone or you knew you couldn't get up and you were trying to, that is got to be the scariest thing. And mm-hmm. it's to me, it reminds me of very different, but just getting a diagnosis of um, like dementia or Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and knowing that you, you're in the initial stages and you're having memory loss and you're going through all this stuff, but you know, in your head, you might never be the same. Right. Oh, and how powerful and, and, and how powerful our brains are and how, how amazing they are. And then to have a device like that, to be able to get you back to where you are today. Right. I mean, it's like, it's kind of a miracle. Well, I'm not the same as I used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, okay. So before the IASIS device, I had what I wanted to say and couldn't say, and I had Mm -hmm. things that I might be able to say if I knew you, if I wasn't tired, I wasn't cranky, things like that. But sometimes I couldn't say anything. And it became really frustrating, you know, even with my husband. Like yeah. sometimes I couldn't say anything. Um, kind of so, like being in a prison, right? And being like a, in a prison and causing also depression, I would assume. Correct? Um, so I didn't have, to, I, I say I didn't have depression. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I really don't think I did. Okay. But be, the IASIS device... When I started using it, it pulled the two parts together and I could speak. So what I think is what I say. Wow. That's wild. And so I had 16 sessions. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think of it, 16 sessions. And I had like two sessions a week for like a few weeks. That's not very much time. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, are people, okay, so there's so, so little known, I believe, about strokes and about like Mm -hmm. what people can do. What are some of the things that people can do to prevent a stroke? Or I know you talked about be fast in the beginning, but it seems to me like it can happen so quickly and there's no warning. Can you talk about that? So... Diet is one thing. So okay. people need to make sure that they're working from something other than the American diet because the American we'll diet is that. just. What are, what are so, some foods that you would recommend and should I not be doing the keto diet right now? <laughs> oh, you can do keto. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm the yeah. reason I'm asking though is because I'm so paranoid about like, like 
I think thankfully knock on wood, I'm a pretty healthy person like you. I work out all the time. I, but like that's genetic. We all have things that we inherit. Right. And I've read up that like, you know, that if you're doing keto, it's high in cholesterol. Um, But then I try to do the intermittent fasting with it. What are some of the things that you would recommend eating? So fresh fruits and veggies, Mm -hmm. organic if you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Fresh uh, meat, organic if you can. Um, And they say don't eat red meat too much. Mm-hmm. I actually am eating no meat at all right now. Mm-hmm. I eat it sporadically, mm-hmm. but not much. Um, fish, if you can. Um, and don't, I mean, I don't eat desserts. I don't eat bread. Do you, Marsha, do you drink a buttery Chardonnay like I do? Do you drink alcohol? My audience I, knows I talk about my passion for a buttery Chardonnay. I'm being silly, but I know so, alcohol is not great for you. So alcohol is fine in moderation. Yeah. I will say that if you drink four or five glasses in a short time, like in a two-hour window, you increase your stroke chance by 39%. Why? Why is that? And that's also terrifying. Um, it's probably because it closes down your um, um, arteries. And, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so scary. I didn't know that. Okay, so four to five glasses in an hour, you said? An hour or two, yeah. An oh, hour. wow. So that's... That would be considered heavy drinking. Okay. Um, I drink an occasional glass of wine, mm-hmm. sometimes two. Okay. But I try not to drink that much anymore because actually drinking wine lowers the neuroplasticity in your brain. This is all bad news for a, butter, a lover of a buttery Chardonnay. Like, yeah, why can't there ever just be like happy news? <laughs> joking I'm sorry I'm sorry no that's okay no so, but I I so understand like, yeah so do important I want, do I want wine or neuroplasticity wine yeah neuroplasticity I guess yeah. I'm gonna drink no more wine less. no sometimes yeah. sometimes occasional wine okay what about exercise oh exercise is key you have so, to exercise so can exercise like prevent a stroke it can be part of it yes okay so if you exercise, if you eat right, um, and of course I'm saying this and I still had a stroke, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you were the small, you were the lower percentage. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So exercise, eating right. You know, what's good for me. Um, meditation is also good, believe it or not. And why is that? Um, I think because you're building up your brain. Um, and so, if you can think of meditation as doing something for five or 10 minutes every single day as part of your routine, uh-huh. it's, it's a good thing for being healthy. Um, smoking is bad. You, you, I hope that nobody smokes anymore. 
I have a dear friend that still smokes and I literally want to like kidnap her cigarettes. I I don't understand why people smoke still. Yeah. I Um, I don't make. What, so what are there kinds of exercise besides meditation um, that can help? And also do you suggest people go to have their yearly physicals and have their, their artery? Like I, my doctor is very thorough and he checks everything. So I get like a, you know, like, what is it called? Like a CT scan. I do all of that because I'm very, also very paranoid, lost my dad in his forties. So I think, yeah. So for me, I'm just like, I've always been like this. Like if I get a bug bite, I think I'm dying. You know, like I just want to make sure that everything is checked out and I'm okay. So So do you, so first of all, what did your dad die of? My dad died of leukemia. So leukemia is a kind of cancer that is not hereditary from what I understand. Okay. Okay. Um, Um, But I I still think in your subconscious, you know, if you lose a parent young and you're in that age range, you obviously in the back of your mind go, I don't, I want to make, it makes you paranoid. Yeah. 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 So definitely go and have your annual checkup at the doctor. Okay. Um. And if they find something, do they can do something about it. Don't say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'll get to that later," because <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Um, and I forgot what you asked. <laughs> oh, I just asked. I don't even know either. But I wanted to know. So it's you're eight years out. How? Like, what are some things? Are you par- are you scared that you could have another one? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Is it was it just like a one off thing? So I'm not scared. And the reason I'm not scared is because I, you can be afraid and think about it every single day, right? Okay. All day long. Or let it pop into your mind throughout the day. That's a waste of time for me, right? So I can say, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to live every life, every day as I can to its fullest. And if I have another stroke... I'll deal with it. So be don't it, have right? an, Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't have another stroke, yay! <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's such good advice, too. I, I I used to be, I think during COVID or over the past couple of years, I've really changed. Just, I think, my bout with, like, debilitating, like, depression, all the things that I went through. I used to be so afraid of everything. And I think that's good advice because like living your life in fear that something could happen is, is that's not living your life, right? So living your life, doing some of the things that you do now, which we'll talk about to help others. Um, tell me w- why you decided to write your book. Oh, so um, on my first anniversary of my stroke, I mm-hmm. thought I'd write a book and I know nobody can see it right now. But I know, I know. It, no, no, no. I'm telling my audience because maybe this will be on YouTube if you want to watch it again, but it's called okay. stroke forward. Is that you on the mountain? No, no it's okay. not me. Okay. Um, Cause I was like, you're very brave. <laughs> well, <laughs> Excuse me. I'd say before my stroke, it could be after my stroke. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, um, yeah. So I decided to write a book because Eight years ago, there's no way of finding any information about strokes. So I wrote, read um, one book, and that's all I could find. It's like, there's got to be more. 
So this is a book about how stroke impacts a person, the people around her, and some of her doctors. And hopefully it provides enough information to begin helping someone if they're in the situation that my husband was in. And then, shoot, my wife had a stroke, now what do I do? Right. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your husband. How did he deal with that? That must have been really hard. So first of all, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes. So he did very well. He didn't show any sign of fear when he was in the room, which was probably important to me. Um, He wasn't too fearful until he heard that something like choking on my chicken could kill me. Then he was afraid. Yeah, that's And that's when he called my sister and asked if she and her husband would come and spend the weekend with us. Um, And that was a big thing because she's a CPA and this was in March. And she said, done, coming out. Yeah. Um, So he is a really good caregiver. Unfortunately, eight years out, I would like it to be less of a caregiver. Yeah, well, he's probably so scared because he loves you so much. That must have been so traumatizing for him, you know? It it really was. It really was. Um, So in the book, you talk about what, like a spouse or a partner can do to help you talk about the signs of stroke. Um, what are some of the other things you talk about uh, your doctors and yes. where can people find this book, by the way? Okay. They can find the book on amazon.com. And I guess the thing that I find most interesting is by having different people talk about the stroke, it tells them what their perception is. So I had a different perspective than my husband. Mm-hmm. He had a different perspective than my sister. She had a different perspective than my friends. So giving everybody a feeling of what it's truly like from everybody's perspective, because it is a community around you. Mm-hmm. So when you are lying in the hospital, you can't do anything. Like you're going from 100% to nothing, right? So my husband went from 100% doing his stuff to 100% doing his stuff and my stuff. And he did that for however long he needed to, which was, oh, at least a year or more. Wow. Well, uh, is I forgot to ask this question. Are strokes like, is there, is, are they more common in like elderly people? I mean, there's not, I don't, I think you're so right. This is not a subject that you learn about. Um, And I think it should be common knowledge. Like you've taught me so much already, especially about maybe chilling out on my Chardonnay drinking. Um, (laughs) What, what are some of the, like, is there like an age? Is there something that like more common for stroke survivors or people that have strokes? Can you tell me that? So stroke can happen at any age. So from um, the time just before you were born to 80 or 90. 
most people have strokes at 65 or over. So that's 75% of the strokes. 25% of the strokes are less than 65. Okay. Which is a very scary statistic. Yep. Um, and that statistic for um, strokes is going up for younger people. And I think that's the diet. I think it's because of COVID. Um, I think there are a lot of things. Is it connected at all to like depression or anything like that? Uh, no, not no. Depression. Okay. What about like, do you think also the, the stroke have gone up because of people's sedentary lifestyles and like COVID Definitely. and being stuck? Okay. Absolutely. So all the tips that you've given are really helpful. Um, if I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything like we left out or something that you want to talk about that people should know as far as like what to do if they think they're having a stroke, like you talked Call about me. be fast. Can you tell me the things to do if you think there's something wrong? Call 911 immediately. Call 911. Okay. Immediately. Yeah. Because the longer you wait, you talked about it in the beginning, the, the less of a chance. Talk about that again. So 1.9 million stills die for every minute you have a stroke. Um, are there, are, are, I've heard before if you can lift your arms or there's different things to look for yep. so you know if somebody's having a stroke. Can you tell me about that? Okay. So again, it's B for balance. So are they balanced? E for your eyes. Can you see everything around you or is one lie? saying funny are both eyes saying funny or can you see it all right f is for face so are you looking at your face and one side is drooping right a is for arm can you lift it can you lift both of them right s is for speech so do you have slurred speech speech yeah. is for time okay that's so important. I hope my my audience is listening to this. Marsha, if they want to reach out to you, you talked about your book. Where can my audience find you? They can find me on strokeforward.com. That's strokeforward.com. And they can email me at Marsha at strokeforward.com. Well, I'm so honored that you came on today. Um this has been something I've wanted to talk about for a while. It's, I don't, I've always, uh, I'm always fascinated on learning about subjects that I think everybody should know about. And everybody mm -hmm. has a parent or a family friend or somebody that's in their lifetime going to be affected by this. So I think knowing be fast is so important going out and, um, uh, reaching out to Marsha or also buying her book on amazon.com. She was lovely enough to send me a copy of her book. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, in closing, I wanted to say thank you to my listeners. I always appreciate your reviews. So I'll, I'll make it fast. If you, if you're listening to me on Apple, you can go onto your app. The per it's like the little purple app. You scroll down and you can leave me only five stars. If you're going to leave me less, do not do that. And don't ever talk to me again or listen to my podcast. I'm joking. And you can write a review, which I would truly appreciate because it helps people find me more easily. 
Um, and then I hate to say this because we just talked about it, but if you do want to donate to my show, I'm an independent podcaster. You can click on my website, judgingmegan.com, and you can buy me, click the buy me a Chardonnay button. I don't really use it. <laughs> Marsha, I just want you to know this. I don't really use it to buy me a Chardonnay. Um, I use it to help me uh, be able to do the show every week for you all. Um, and I appreciate all of my listeners and my audience. And in closing, thank you again, Marsha, for telling your story. I know you're going to help one or more thousands of people out there. I'm hoping to be aware of some of the signs of having a stroke and in closing, be happy by making other people happy. <laughs> <laughs>